resting in the finished work of Jesus. Resting, amen, in the finished work of Jesus. Let's go to our foundational text. It's found in Hebrews 10.23. Who's excited this morning? Who's excited? Who's excited in, in social media land? If you're excited, just, just type, Pastor, I am excited. Now, remember the message of Hebrews now. I'm just giving in succinct. It is that Jesus is better. Christianity is superior. Christ is supreme and completely sufficient for salvation. Again, the message of Hebrews is that Jesus is better. He's above angels. He's above the prophets and priests of old. Christianity is superior to Judaism. This is what he was telling the writers. Christ is supreme and completely sufficient for salvation. So in that, here we get to um, chapter number 10, and he lets the believers know the, uh, the writer, that is, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. We ascertained thus far that that word profession, it is the Greek word homologia, and it simply means to say the same thing as, to confess the same thing as. To be in agreement, to be together, to speak to a conclusion, to lay to rest, to lay a thing to rest. And I want you today to lay to rest the fact that what Jesus did satisfied the Father. And if it satisfied the Father, it should be good enough for you and I. It's a conclusion embraced. By a common confession. In other words, it is to declare the same thing about yourselves, about your situations and circumstances that God has said about you. So what God says relative to your righteousness, you should declare the same things, beloved, that God has said about you concerning your righteousness as he has declared in his word. You are not righteous by what you do. You can't pray enough to be righteous. You can't fast enough to be righteous. You can't witness enough to be righteous. You can't travel the world the seven seas to, uh, to, to be righteous. Now, all those things may be good in and of themselves, but your righteousness is not based upon what you do. It's based upon what Jesus did. And if you believe that, you will realize, hold on, you will realize that a lot of this stuff that you have taken on is, in fact, not God at all. And I stated something last week. You see, this is so vitally important because this new covenant faith or the reality of it is that we're living from his faith. At no point in time. Has God's children, at no point in time has God's children were ever to live independent of God. 
Are we still we still on? We're streaming? I see a lot of commotion in the back. So at no point were we ever to live independent of God. Now, our perception of God, my view of God, will determine or I approach God or we approach God on the basis of our belief or what we've been taught to believe about him. And if I believe, thank you, Holy Spirit. And if I believe (laughs) that I'm righteous based upon what Jesus did, beloved, you will live in a place of peace that's unexplainable. But if I believe that God has to continuously take me through this process of brokenness and and, and measuring up uh, uh, to, to, to qualify, you will never get there. Let me show you something. But that word profession, it means to say the same thing as to be in agreement. Now, it, 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 and see, it, this is something that we need to understand. It also means it's, it refers to a collective agreement of believers about what God loves and God hates and having the courage to proclaim it or live it out through their convictions. So in other words, if God loves a thing because of my agreement with him, I'm going to love a thing. If God dislikes a thing, not the person, or if God hates a thing, not the person, I'm going to hate the thing. If God desires that I live or walk a certain way, then because I'm in agreement with that, guess what? I'm going to walk that way. So there's this mindset that even among some preachers, and it's almost like it's they're they're exerting this level of control over people because they don't want people to be free. Listen, who the sun sets free is free indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You should not still be in bondage as a child of the living God. So 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 people are constantly told. That if you do this, then God will bless you. If you live this way, then God will bless you. Again, what you receive from heaven is not uh, uh, contingent upon how you walk. Walk upright. It's not based upon your performance. It's based upon your profession, your profession, your agreement, what you declare about God. Again, beloved, see, see, here's the thing. We keep thinking that now if, if God has to, to, I don't know why we're going here. Uh, if God has to break you down in order for you to qualify, that puts me back under trying to be justified based upon something that I do. And I want to declare to you, young lady, that that sickness is not a result of you not walking upright. And I want to declare that because there are people who have been told by preachers that this sickness is because you are living this way or that God had to kill. Listen, God is not going to kill your child to bring you closer to him. And we have people who have been 
this has been taught that the cancer is because you're not holy. Listen, nothing I do makes me holy. Jesus makes me holy, and I'm holy because of what he did. Now, I want to show you something. Because if you believe that, notice in, in weeks past, we, we've declared it, and I've shared with you how Holy Spirit uh, uh, shared with me, and we, we've went through the scripture, that a lot of people are missing out on heaven's goodness as a result of guilt, condemnation, and misinformation. Now, watch this. If you're being told that this affliction is as a result of you not walking up right, now watch that. Understand this. That's going to give you a certain perception of God. So since you believe that I don't qualify, why in the world would you stand in agreement that you are already healed. As, as, as a matter of fact, the, these things that people say God is doing to draw you closer, it, draw, it pulls people away. Do you think a young woman or a young man is going to run to God when you tell them God killed your child so you could? Don't you receive that, sir? I don't know why the child died, I, but, but don't you allow some preacher to tell you that God did it so you could be justified or so that you could be right before him. Let me show you something. Are you here? I'm moving ahead of myself. And if you think you have to qualify by doing something, <laughs> listen, you, you, you fall into that belief in that some preach that the Lord has all he, he listen that he has always have to break you down. Will there be persecutions? Absolutely. The word of God tells us all who desire to live a godly life will be persecuted. If you desire to live a godly life in Christ, a godly life in Christ, you're going to meet opposition. Jesus himself said, in this world, you're going to have tribulations or troubles. But what? Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Now listen, when he overcame, you overcame. And it is your faith in him that gives you the victory. It, so just don't ride with fancy cliches. You got to go higher. You got to face a bigger devil. I don't think the devil can get any bigger than what he already was or is. But I do know he's a real defeated devil. So, 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 so again, just listen to the, yeah, you, you got to go through that to go to, a, you know, to go higher in Jesus. No, you want to go higher? You hold fast to your profession. You learn his covenant for your life and stand on his word. Are you here? As a matter of fact, Peter tells us that there are things that we should do or must do to supplement our faith or to help us remain firm in this persuasion. So there are things that we have to do. But, but let's don't you concede to the fact that God has to keep breaking you down for what? That's what you're saying is, Lord, I'm not, I'm not good enough today. 
Oh, this is done went totally. Well, you know, Reverend, James says for us to count it all joy when we fall into diverse temptations, knowing that the testing of our faith produces steadfastness. This is James 1. First, uh, let's understand that God in James 1 is not the one doing the testing. <laughs> after Stephen, this is found in the Acts of the Apostles, after Stephen was martyred, persecution increased, and Christians in Jerusalem were scattered throughout the Roman world. So James, as a concerned leader, he writes to encourage believers in their faith, in Christ that is, during those difficult times. That word count here in the, the Greek, it's a financial term, and it means to evaluate. So when James says count it joy, he's saying evaluate. He encourages them that when things come up, evaluate the way you look at trouble or trials. He is in no way suggesting that you embrace trouble. Who counted it all joy when you get it, when, when, when affliction comes? No, he said evaluate how you look at this thing. And, and when you evaluate, you realize that my faith is in him. That's why he says, listen, and if you lack wisdom or the know-how, ask God when you're going through troubles. Are you here? Oh, man. So, so now, can, can trials, first of all, understand this, that trials, now, now they will do a couple of things. Can you uh, gain more patience in trials? Some can. Some don't. And I submit to you, that's contingent upon your convictions, your persuasions, how much you believe or come into agreement with God. But I tell you what trials will do. They will expose the depth of your character in Christ. You got to remember now, James, one of the reasons he was writing them to let them know when he talks about faith without works is dead. What he was saying is that, listen, if there is a life of inbirth persuasion in Christ, there's going to be a demonstration of good deeds, of good works, not being justified by works. But if you're truly saved, we're going to see that through your Lifestyle. Are you here? Can touch time, can tough times teach us perseverance? It could. Learn how to be patient. Stand. Listen. Notice Hebrews tells us, look, hold fast to your profession. To your agreement. But he's telling them, listen, so when things happen, evaluate how are you looking at? Look at this thing through the eyes of Jesus. That's why he tells them on down around verse 12, 13, blesses the man that perseveres through these testings of trials. Again, God is not the one doing the testing. Well, how do you know? 
because I can read my Bible. Look, look, look. Notice he said, this is around verse 12 and 13. I don't know. Um, okay, there, there you go. Uh, then he says, blessed is the man that perseveres. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Are you here? Then he goes out and says, listen, perhaps, when he didn't say perhaps, but now, you might be in some mess because you were drawn away and enticed by your own lust. In other words, some, even in today's time, we're not being persecuted per se because someone's been martyred. Now, there might be some persecution as a result of your righteous stance with the Lord and, and, and people opposing you as a believer. Th then there, there are persecutions that comes as a result of bad choices. Yes, being led away by the wrong. Are you here? Amen. Notice he says each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own love. See, some fight against this. But we're living from his faith. Yes, sir. Let, 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 let me say this. Will God allow you to go through things? He allow, just because he allowed you to go through it doesn't mean he's the one that sent it to you. Jesus' body <clears throat> was given so that our bodies wouldn't have to be broken. Yes, sir. Let me say it again. Yes, Jesus' body was given yes, so that, that we wouldn't have to be broken. Yes, we, we, we have to stop. See, all of this is going because See, I, I want to start moving into the area of how this new covenant faith works. And if your perception of God is flawed, you are not going to stand in agreement with God on the right terms. And since nothing ever manifests, you are eventually either become nominal or end up walking away altogether. Because it, it, some of these folk are making, they're requiring too much. And you're going to never measure up on your own. Are you here? Last week, we dealt with it is finished. Or the week, was it last week or the week before? It might have been a week before. But see, this is important that we need to understand this, guys, because people are living in guilt, condemnation, and misinformation. Now, when Jesus declared, it is finished, we said that word in Greek is the Greek word tetelestai. It means literally paid in full. He was declaring to the Father that the sin debt owed by mankind was paid in full. 
wiped away completely and forever. <laughs> Notice, and I've been echoing, he also completed the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies, fulfilling the law and the prophets. What do you mean fulfilling the law? In other words, Jesus' purpose was to establish the word, to embody it, and to fully accomplish all that was written. Christ is the culmination, the culmination of the law. He is the fulfillment of the law. I'm going to show you this in a second. Then we see the predictions of the prophets concerning the Messiah would be realized. All the predictions concerning the prophets, they were realized in Jesus. The holy standard of the law would be perfectly upheld by Christ. The strict requirements <clears throat> personally obeyed by Christ and all of the ceremony observances, they were fully satisfied in Christ. You had the civil laws, the various laws and the feasts and things. All those things were types and shadows until the completion of those things, which was Christ. So the substance, Christ came. Are you here? Let me show you something. Romans 10, 4, and I'm going somewhere with that because, again, we keep trying to, the way faith has been delivered, it has been under the presumption that there's something that you and I must do beyond coming into agreement with Christ in order to qualify. And when I say coming to agreement, not just believing only, but saying the same thing that God says. And, and because of those convictions, my lifestyle will be a reflection of that. So I'm going to move in that direction. For Christ, no, for the Christ is what? The end of the law. And you keep hearing me talking about uh, uh, works and demands and performing because, again, under the old covenant, it was a faith that was, it was a faith in God, but the justification came by way of keeping the demands of the law. And if they kept these demands, they would be justified. Are you with me? And even today, men still have us or try to put us in a box, if you will, by keeping a bunch of religious doctrines, rituals, yes, acts to qualify before the Father, man. Are you here? Man. Someone say resting in the finished work. In the finished work. Now, just, and, and I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit about this and just to, to kind of build on this, but remember the Sabbath or the Sabbath which means to rest or to stop or cease from work was established so the people would rest, watch this, from their labors only to begin again after one day of rest. So one out of every seven days they were to rest from their labors to give their, their, their servants rest, their animals rest. Uh, this was just not a physical rest, but a cessation of laboring period. And when you study, you, you, will, you will discover that the various elements of the Sabbath or the Sabbath, watch this, symbolize the coming of the Messiah. Who would provide a permanent rest for his people. 
Now, I didn't skip the whole lot of information there in between, but I only have 10 minutes, so I had to jump ahead of myself. Now, with the establishment of the Old Testament law, if you remember, the Jews were constantly laboring to make themselves what? Acceptable to God. Are you here? Their labors included, watch this, trying to obey a myriad of do's and don'ts, the ceremonial laws, temple laws, civil laws, etc. Now, of course, they couldn't keep them all. Just like trying to get us to do that, we can't keep them all. Are you here? So God provided an array of various sin offers and sacrifices that they could come before him, receive forgiveness of sins, and restore fellowship with him. But this was only temporarily, guys. Are you here? Someone say because of what Jesus did. Now, because of what Jesus did, we no longer have to labor in law-keeping order to be justified in the sight of God. So now I keep using that word performing, and I'm saying that to say we have been taught to believe that we have to still go through all these things and go through that trouble. And God has to put this on you. God has to take you through that to qualify. Jesus put an end to that. Now, now, listen, we are in trouble as believers. Now, the Bible tells us that all those who desire to live a godly life in Christ will suffer persecution. Now, imagine this. You've been persecuted, one, for, for having a relationship with Jesus, desire to love him and worship him. Okay, you get persecution for that. Then you get persecution for, from just troubles coming. People, for whatever reasons. The, the enemy. There are principalities and powers at work against you. We're in a spiritual warfare. You got to deal with that. Then on top of all that, God's still whipping me and beating me down. Man, listen, we're in a no-win situation. Why keep, why, why keep trying to go at all? If all of these things, listen, you mean tell me, not only is the devil against you, God is against you? Listen, when Jesus presents you before the Father, God sees you holy, blameless, guiltless, and without reproach. So if he sees me holy, why do I have to, why do I have to be broken if I'm already whole? Lee, you missed that. If I'm already whole, Lee, whole, why do I have to be broken only to be built back? Are y'all here? And, and, and so, so we have people fighting off of wrong doctrines, wrong teachings, scriptures being contorted or twisted out of context. Ah. Because of what Jesus did, we no longer have to labor in law keeping in order to be justified in the sight of God, guys. Are you here? Jesus was sent so we might rest in God. Rest in what he has provided. That's why, we, just, just for your learning, that's why we no longer rest for only one day. But forever cease our labor to attain God's favor. Watch this. Jesus is our rest from works. He is 
our Sabbath. He is our Sabbath. Oh, man. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. And, and, and listen, I, I hear that. And, and God follow my Jewish friends and, 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 and pastor friends and, and different ones. Listen, and, and, and a lot of people still observe certain things. If you want to observe whatever day, whatever, that God bless you. But, but I'm just saying the observance of those things is not what justifies me before the Father. Wearing certain things is not what justifies me before the Father. Doing a bunch of works through my set is not what justifies me to the Father, before the Father. We even have believers who are using the same word, disputing what day to worship. Jesus is our Sabbath. He is our Sabbath. This is how I am. Listen, I'm not going to work. I'm not going to argue with you if you choose to worship on Saturday, Tuesday, Sunday. Let me show you something. Paul dealt with a little bit of that. I think it's Romans 14, uh, Romans 14, 5. Watch this. In the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day. While others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Listen, if Saturday works for you, you do the Sabbath. If Sunday works for those of us who are uh, for us, man, you should rejoice with us. That what, what, what we should be rejoicing over is that I don't care what day you worship. You are worshiping the only true living God so you don't have a problem with me. Notice, Jesus put an end to that. He is our sound. Why are we talking about him being the spot? That's another message, another day. Now, let me show you something in Galatians, and I close with this one, Galatians 2. Where, where the, the Apostle Paul now was dealing with not going back to trying to just measure up to be justified. Are you guys here? Don't don't receive that. God has to keep, because here's the thing. Just like those who kept putting themselves on the law, they became subject to the law. And if you believe, listen. If, if you start believing that all of these bad things happen because of God, see, you, you are putting your, your faith in that direction. Your faith. Not his faith. Your beliefs. You're having trust in those things. It's like we don't want believers to be liberated. We're living from his faith. Again, Jesus is all the strength I need in faith. I need to be strong in my beliefs. 
my convictions. My, that's why I need to hold fast to my profession. His faith never wavers. And if, I, and if I can agree with that, I don't have to be taught wavering faith. My, now, now, I might waver my belief, but his faith never wavers. And if I can set myself in agreement with his faith, you don't have to worry about wavering in faith. Uh, we know full well we don't receive God's perfect righteousness as a resort, I'm sorry, as a reward for keeping the law, but by the faith of Jesus, the Messiah. His faithfulness, not ours, have saved us. And we have received God's perfect righteousness. See, all, see, all his faith saved us. All you did was come into agreement with what he did. What he did. That's why if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from dead, you shall be saved. Are you here? Amen. Now we know that God accepts no one by keeping by the keeping of religious laws. Verse 19. But because the Messiah lives in me, I now died to the law's dominion over me so that I can live for God. Verse 20. My old identity has also been co-crucified with the Messiah and no longer lives. That's why, again, I declared that when Jesus overcame, you overcame. When he conquered, you conquered. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives what? His life through me. We live in union as one. My new life, oh, here it go, is empowered by the faith of the faith from the faith of Abel Shala. The faith from the faith of the faith from the faith of Son of God who loves me so much. And I want to declare if God loves you so much he doesn't have to break you and kill folk in your family to wake you up. The new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. So that is why I don't view God's grace as something minor or peripheral or superficial. For it is, for if keeping the law could release God's righteousness to us, the anointed one would have died for nothing. If God got to break me down for me to be righteous, Christ died for nothing. If he got to kill folk in my family to draw closer to him, Christ died for nothing. 
So he had to afflict my body with sickness. For what? In order to be righteous or stand right before him, Christ died for nothing. Come on, let's get a load of hand clap of praise. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.